Hello, and welcome back to Crescent Moon Kids podcast, where I discuss all things parenting and, and child development and related to children and, and grazing children. Welcome to a new season, season four. If you are new to this platform and haven't already listened to the previous three seasons, please go have a listen. I do try to share relevant information in a way that's consumable and real. So uh, I hope that you can gain some insight from those. If you're a returning listener, thanks so much for sticking with me through this learning curve and through my podcasting journey. For this episode, I was inspired by a social media post from this woman whose name is Kate Monahan. I don't actually follow her. I'm not friends with her, but I happened to see it posted from someone else and her. Um, it just struck me. Her bio states she's a mom, a teacher, a wife. Um, I do like to follow a lot of different people who share information about kids or parenting or education. And this post really reminded me of my early days as a parent and those things that I found so extremely important and valuable and deeply meaningful for me, not only me, but my kids and my family. Anyone who is familiar with raising children has most likely heard the phrase, quote, pick your battles. While I don't really like the concept of a war analogy, and I'm I'm not really combative and, and don't like that whole concept, I did want to use this title to sort of grab your attention and pay homage to the idea that there are some things really worth standing your ground for and fighting for. And 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 uh, so I wanted to share a few of those with you today. I do want to note that I, I don't really remember a lot of struggle early on with my kids relating to the topics I'm going to share with you. I think mostly due to the fact that we held these values so closely and so dear to our hearts from the beginning when my husband and I, when we had our first child. So it wasn't something that we had to redo or reconstruct because they were core values that we held strongly from from the very beginning. But as kids grow and develop and, and they get exposed to their friends' lifestyles and other families' values and and um, you know different people's ways of living, things are bound to change. And that's when I think we encountered more, quote, battles. And um, you probably will see that in your life as well as your kids get older. Also, as a side note, these can be applied to any age. So just adapt to your child's developmental phase and, and really try to be as consistent as possible. So I wanted to just dig right in and start with one, quote, battle that was always at the top of my list, and that is a shared meal time. And you could also include family time as well, but meal times were critically important for me. I held fast with the idea that there was going to be absolutely no distraction during our meal times, and, and the same again with family time. When we were having our meals together, or maybe let's say we were doing a dance contest or playing a board game or cooking together, there was very little room for outside influence. Now, I do want to add also that my kids growing up didn't have a lot of, of, of technology. We didn't have cell phones. There were no iPads or, or technological distractions. They did have a Game Boy, and we also did allow them to watch some shows on PBS, but never during those times when we were eating meals together or when we had planned a family um, time together. And so I know that that is definitely something that is a challenge in this culture today, um, 
all of the the screens that are out there, all of the distractions. And I understand that this can be really hard for, for some families, but I do believe that you can create a consistent and firm policy regarding the time together that you have. So mealtimes should be held sacred since some days it is the only time when the whole family has a chance to spend time together and share thoughts and feelings. And it is often a time when kids will really share kind of what happened during their day. And you want to be there to really listen to that. So second on my list of, quote, battles to, um, I guess, basically fight for is reading. Um, Reading is critically important for children. And you can start when they're in utero. And if you didn't think about it when or maybe didn't have the opportunity to do that, um, it's never too late to start. Babies listen to stories which is how they acquire the mother tongue. Young children love to hear stories repeated over and over and over and over. And you might think, oh, is this ever going to change? But but they are grasping so many concepts and getting a chance to interact with you and, you know, snuggle in close. And so there's so much that happens when you have these these times together. Um, In my family, we made it a nightly routine. And some nights it was hard to say no more books, because they love to be read to, and I loved reading to them, but I also knew um, that you know there had to be limits, and so you might probably you might recognize that this is a, t- a sort of a gimmick for some kids. They might ask, keep asking for more books when it when it is bedtime. But no matter how much time you have, just read to your kids every day. My 18 month old grandson can sit and listen to to me read for 20 to 30 minutes at a time because his parents have done this. They've made it a habit of really reading to him. And he has book access to his books all the time. So he can just go grab a book and he can look at it or he'll bring it to you. And he often wants to read the same book over and over and he'll sign the sign language sign for more. And so that means he wants me to read it again and again. And, And I understand how important it is for his acquisition of language. So then as your kids get older and they're able to read on their own, don't stop reading to them, but also make sure that they're reading either to you, maybe out loud if they want to, or reading silently. And make sure you have that quiet space every day so that they can have that opportunity. Even if it is just a chapter out of one of the books they're reading, make sure that they read every day. And I did try to read the books that my kids were reading as they got older so that I knew the content. And then we could have conversations about the subject matter and kind of, you know, maybe bringing up some some tricky um, issues that they might have to be dealing with or were faced with. And I did continue to read to my boys a long time after they were fluent readers. And I think that is really important. Keep reading to them until they say they don't want it anymore. And that will be a heartbreaking day. It was for me. But um, we did read three of the Harry Potter books together when they were in grade school. And um, they absolutely loved it. So read, read, read. Um, So the third um, battle, if you will, is somehow um, not really third on my list in order. And I I don't want to, you know, quantify them or qualify them in this way. But I do think this could be at the top of my list as well, um, is getting outside. Make sure that you get outside every day and that your kids are outside every day. So again, the importance, the, the, the order is not important, but all of these things are equally important. So 
spending outside time every day is critical for children. They discover so much through interacting with nature. They interact with the world around them and all the living beings that are they're in their in their environment. They learn about life cycles or the weather, the seasons. They learn about maybe animal characteristics and behaviors. They might find animal tracks or plant species and noticing leaf shapes or or gardening if, if you grow your own food that was is another great way for them to be outside every day or just maybe just you go sit in nature and have um, a time where you're just quiet if everybody's having maybe let's say a grumpy day or even just one or two people just get outside. And that is really a wonderful solution because it just sort of dissolves so much of the angst that, that, that kids can have. It just really just like helps everybody neutralize and, and just calm. It's, it's really incredible to watch that. Um, it, it really can do wonders if you're f- feeling fatigued or stressed or anxiety. You know, there's, there's just a lot of, of benefit to being outside. Maybe you just go lie on the grass or look at the clouds and, or walk barefoot. You can even go outside when it's a bit chilly. And I mean, it's not going to hurt your kids to be outside for just a little bit, but they get a different experience from that, that coldness and that texture and the, the whole concept of, of being in a different space like that. Maybe you expose them to how the trees have different types of bark or look for anthills or, or just feel raindrops on your face. Maybe you catch snowflakes with your tongue. But again, just getting outside for a few minutes every day with with zero agenda. Again, that's, I think, one of the critical pieces too is children need that downtime where there's nothing that's expected of them and they can just explore no matter what age they are. It's a great opportunity. Your kids will love it. And these are the moments they will remember the best. The fourth battle in, that I find uh, is important is sometimes really difficult for some people more than others, especially. Um, it's getting harder to do in this crazy, overstimulated world we live in. But this one is boredom. Make sure that your kids experience feeling bored. Now, I recognize that a lot of people are not going to be comfortable with this idea, especially when it comes to their kids. As parents, we think, oh, we have to keep them busy. We have to keep them entertained. We don't want them to be upset. We don't want them to be fighting or whatever. We want them to be happy all the time. But this is not real life. There are times when we're going to experience a lull or a downtime or maybe even a, something that feels a bit like depression. But if we work through these, these feelings as a child, It'll be so much easier to deal with when we become adults. And and I think that's the key, helping children learn coping mechanisms so that as they get older, they're not expecting someone else to take away this, this uncomfortable feeling or they're not going to put that uh, energy toward eating or drinking or drugs or something like that. So there are are many creative ideas that can be born from a child's bout with boredom. Um, So let's say your child is complaining, there's nothing to do around here, or I'm bored, or I I don't like this, there's nothing that I want to do right now, or things like that. So what you can do is just support that feeling. Just say, 
I understand. You you don't feel like you know what to do or you just feel bored right now. I understand. And then you can let them know that you trust that they're going to come up with an idea that they want to do and just let it be there. Um, really let them simmer with that. Don't let them jump onto a screen or be pacified by some other means. This time, this bored time, is a special opportunity for them to dig deep within themselves. And that allows the empty space to be filled with their own imagination, their own spirit, their own sense of wonder and adventure. Who knows? Maybe they'll decide to write a play or paint a masterpiece or maybe create a a new game. But if we don't insist that they struggle through the boredom, we will never know their potential. Uh, I recently heard an interview with a person who was talking about like what, asking parents, what do you want for your kids? And a lot of parents say, I just want them to be happy. And now, of course, you know, we don't want them to be upset, but the reality is they're not going to be happy all the time. But if we can just settle for kind of a contented, peaceful feeling, even in that boredom, even in that kind of downtime or that lull, then I think we will have done our job well. And then we will know that they are capable of so much and that they're going to be just fine because they're going to have that coping skill that that they have created within themselves. Now, next on the list of battles is really tricky one, but it's it's about setting limits. It's about boundaries and limitations. And I've I've got a whole podcast on on this. So I think I don't want to be redundant, but this is really critical. Now, if you had extremely strict parents, you might decide to be very permissive and not a good plan, but um you know, that that's something that happens a lot of times. Or let's say you were raised with very little boundaries and you, you don't even know what they look like. So it's really hard. But whatever your upbringing, whatever your, your habits or your choices you make as a parent or your beliefs, try to just look at that. And it, it'll help you understand where you are as a parent and, and how healthy or maybe unhealthy your parenting style is. And I know one of the things that helped me a lot was to just keep looking within. And I know that's difficult for some people, but if you look within yourself and heal those pieces of yourself in as much as you can, then you can become aware aware to basically overcome the challenges and the struggles and the issues that will in turn create an overall healthier parenting style for your kids. Children have to have boundaries. They have to feel limitations. Now, this doesn't mean that they're inhibited or stifled or, or even deprived. It just means that they, they'll not get everything they want every time they want it. Because we know life does not serve up options on a silver platter that way. We want the kids to know that they will face challenges. They, they're going to have obstacles. They're going to be having setbacks or possibly even heartache. And... Not that we want them to have to face that, but we know that they're going to face that, and it doesn't have to be a negative. It can be a a character building for them. And if we help them learn how to cope and learn coping skills, an internal mechanism for coping, then they're going to gain emotional awareness. They'll have a a strong sense of self. They'll have the, the stability to face anything that heads their way as an adult. So it's okay when your child wants a new toy and you say no, just simply no. It's appropriate when she wants candy and you say not today. 
it's beneficial if a child who has siblings doesn't get to be the first one to take up the bath every night or to get the hug when you get home or whatever that might be. Let them be last. Let them have to wait sometimes. And make sure that you follow through. If you have told them it's time to pick up the toys or things like that, make sure you follow through because that is also a boundary. Um, it's good to have limits on screen time. It's critically important, especially for younger children. Or or even playtime with friends or or obviously sweets, things like that, because we have they have to know they can't have it all, but they can have an opportunity for a different time. So basically it's letting them know that these you understand they have they have this desire, this want, this need, and it's not going to happen in this moment, but there is going to be a different time possibly when they can get that need met or in a different way. So just acknowledge the emotion that they're feeling and really try not to take it personally when they become mad at you. Remember, they're out to get what they want. That's what kids do. And you are standing in their way, but keep standing firm. Don't waver because they will get through it and they will become stronger as a result of it. And limitations don't mean never. So just keep that in mind as well. They just mean not now or not all at once, things like that. And finally, but certainly not least in the importance, um, is the work, the idea of work. So this is a battle that you're going to have possibly have a hard time with, but it's, it's critically important. They need to understand how to work. They need to start when they're very small. They can put things in the trash. Um, at a one-year-old can go put their diaper in the trash. Um, they can pick up their toys with some help, putting their clothes away, helping fold laundry, towels, or socks, wiping up spills, setting the forks on the table, or putting the forks away in the from the dishwasher, things like that. As they get older, they can start to prepare food, make a whole meal as they get into, um, you know, closer to adolescence. For young children, work is synonymous with play. They want to do everything you do. So let them find ways to incorporate the work that you need to do with your children's needs. Make time to include them in your daily chores and give them chores of their own. You could make a chart for each family member to know who's responsible for what chores that week or that month or, or whatever you want to set it up. Rotate those chores then so they get a wide range of experiences. And like I said, older kids can cook an entire meal. They can create a grocery list. They can wash the car. They can be responsible for the garbage and the recycling. They can even possibly as they get older, um, have some type of little side business with income and then learn how to balance a checkbook. So if they have interest, really try to foster that. Now, I grew up on a farm and there was, of course, a lot of work to be done. And I was responsible for our chickens. My mom had about 200 chickens and we would rotate them every year. And so she, we not only had the meat, but we also had eggs and she would sell her eggs. So that was kind of her, it was my introduction to kind of a small business. And so I had to make sure they had food, make sure they had water. I gathered the eggs, kept an eye out for anyone that looked sick and would tell my mom and dad. And I didn't take it lightly. And I, I gained a lot of experience and insight. Um, now my mom will tell you, I grumbled about it a lot, which I know I did. But, but I'm glad that my parents held firm because I appreciate it now. 
as, as an adult. So it's really okay to expect kids to work. It's not going to harm them. You're not going to give them a task that is going to hurt them or be too much for them. Because I think as parents, we have that intuition about it. But, but make sure that you challenge them. And they're going to learn so many things. And it's going to help them as they get to be an adult and have to manage their own home. Um, so I know I shared this story before, but when my kids were growing up, we would have a job basket. Every week I'd put slips of paper in a basket with specific jobs. And then each one of us, all of us in the, in the family, we would draw a paper, read the chore. And if someone was willing to trade, then we could swap. But if not, then you had to do that job and it had to be done before the end of the day. So my kids learned how to mop. They learned how to sweep. They learned how to clean the toilets and load and unload the dishwasher, sort and load laundry, wipe down cabinets, and so many things. And of course, every family is going to want to have time for fun together, but it is about a balancing act. So make sure that your kids learn how to work. So these are my top values, which I really instilled and battled for when when my kids were growing up. And I really encourage you to do the same. So it's mealtimes together, uninterrupted, reading, getting outside, making sure they have some boredom somewhere along the way, limitations, and the work. So you might discover more uh, values that you have or different ones for your family, but try to consider the ones I've listed. I don't think anyone will have any regrets if you do, and certainly add more as you see fit to um, fit with your family values. I hope this has been helpful and enlightening. And like I've said many times before, parenting is the hardest job you will ever do. Nobody does it perfectly. There are no right answers. There's no manual, as we know. And all kids are different. And we certainly carry a lot of guilt with us, and enough to reach into the next century as parents. And I want to encourage you to just try to just let that go, for now at least. And for just a few minutes, try to envision how holding fast to these values might really benefit your kids and your whole family. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised as you stand your ground and your kids respond in positive and encouraging ways. As always, thanks so much for listening and until next time.